Welcome to LDS Gospel Podcast, Sound Access to the Spirit, where you can stream or download voice recordings of Gospel Doctrine Sunday School lessons in their entirety with one click. This episode is from Doctrine and Covenants in Church History, lesson number 25, Priesthood, the Power of Godliness. The reading assignment is from Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verses 33 through 44, section 121, verses 34 through 46, and Our Heritage, pages 26 through 27. We'll start this episode by reading from Our Heritage, starting on page 26, under the heading of Strengthening of the Priesthood, Priesthood Offices Revealed. As the church increased in membership, the prophet continued to receive revelation about priesthood offices. As directed by the Lord, he organized the first presidency made up of himself as the president and Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams as counselors. He also organized the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the first Quorum of the Seventy. He called and ordained bishops and their counselors, high priests, patriarchs, high councils, seventies, and elders. He organized the church's first stakes. Inexperienced, newly baptized members were often overwhelmed by calls to serve. For example, Newell K. Whitney was called as the church's second bishop in December of 1831 to serve in Kirtland when Edward Partridge became Bishop of the Saints in Missouri. Newell did not feel that he was able to carry out the requirements of the office, even though the prophet told him that the Lord had called him by revelation. So the prophet said to him, Go and ask Father for yourself. Newell went and knelt in humble supplication and heard a voice from heaven that said, Thy strength is in me. He accepted the call and served as a bishop for 18 years. Now reading from the Sunday School Gospel Doctrine Study Guide for the Doctrine and Covenants in Church History. The Aaronic Priesthood and the Melchizedek Priesthood were restored to the earth in the spring of 1829. Following the organization of the church in 1830, the Lord gradually revealed priesthood offices, quorums, and councils as needed to provide leadership for the growth of the church. In this episode, we'll be pondering the following questions. What do priesthood holders promise as part of the oath and covenant of the priesthood? Likewise, What blessings does the Lord promise as part of the oath and covenant of the priesthood? Also, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 121, verses 34 through 46, the Lord reveals principles for using the priesthood. In addition to their application to priesthood holders, these principles apply generally to all human relationships. How can we apply these principles as we interact with others? So first, looking at the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood, we're reading from section 84, verses 33 through 44. 
For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining these two priesthoods of which I have spoken, and the magnifying their calling, are sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. They become the sons of Moses and of Aaron and the seed of Abraham and the church and kingdom and the elect of God. And also all they who receive this priesthood receive me, saith the Lord. For he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth my father. And he that receiveth my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. And this is according to the oath and covenant which belongeth to the priesthood. Therefore, all those who receive the priesthood receive this oath and covenant of my father, which he cannot break, neither can it be moved. But... Whoso breaketh this covenant after he hath received it, and altogether turneth therefrom, shall not have forgiveness of sins in this world, nor in the world to come. And who unto all those who come not unto this priesthood which ye have received, which I now confirm upon you who are present this day, by mine own voice out of the heavens, and even I have given the heavenly hosts and mine angels charge concerning you, and now I give unto you a commandment to beware concerning yourselves, to give diligent heed to the words of eternal life. For you shall live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. Section 121, verses 34 through 46. Behold, there are many called, but few are chosen. And why are they not chosen? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and aspire to the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson, that the rites of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness. That they may be conferred upon us, it is true, but when we undertake to cover our sins, or to gratify our pride, our vain ambition, or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves, the Spirit of the Lord is grieved, and when it is withdrawn, amen to the priesthood or the authority of that man. Behold, ere he is aware, he is left unto himself to kick against the pricks, to persecute the saints, and to fight against God. We have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men, as soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. Hence, many are called, but few are chosen. No power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion. 
by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile, reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy, that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. And the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion and thy scepter an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. This episode's scripture chain is entitled Revelations on Priesthood Offices, Quorums, and Councils. First reading from Doctrine and Covenants, section 20, verses 38 through 67. The duty of the elders, priests, teachers, deacons, and members of the Church of Christ. An apostle is an elder and it is his calling to baptize and to ordain other elders, priests, teachers, and deacons, and to administer bread and wine, the emblems of the flesh and blood of Christ, and to confirm those who are baptized into the church by the laying on of hands for the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, according to the Scriptures, and to teach, expound, exhort, baptize, and watch over the church, and to confirm the church by the laying on of the hands and the giving of the Holy Ghost, and to take the lead of all meetings. The elders are to conduct the meetings as they are led by the Holy Ghost, according to the commandments and revelations of God. The priest's duty is to preach, teach, expound, exhort, and baptize, and administer the sacrament, and visit the house of each member and exhort them to pray vocally and in secret and attend to all family duties. And he may also ordain other priests, teachers, and deacons. And he is to take the lead of meetings when there is no elder present. But when there is an elder present, he is only to preach, teach, expound, exhort, and baptize and visit the house of each member, exhorting them to pray vocally and in secret and attend to all family duties. In all these duties, the priest is to assist the elder if occasion requires. The teacher's duty is to watch over the church always and be with and strengthen them and see that there is no iniquity in the church, neither hardness with each other, neither lying, backbiting, nor evil speaking and see that the church meet together often, and also see that all members do their duty. And he is to take the lead of meetings in the absence of the elder or priest, 
and is to be assisted always in all his duties in the church by the deacons, if occasion requires. But neither teachers nor deacons have authority to baptize, administer the sacrament, or lay on hands. They are, however, to warn, expound, exhort, and teach, and to invite all to come unto Christ. Every elder, priest, teacher, or deacon is to be ordained according to the gifts and callings of God unto him, and he is to be ordained by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is in the one who ordains him. The several elders composing this Church of Christ are to meet in conference once in three months, or from time to time, as said conferences shall direct or appoint. And said conferences are to do whatever church business is necessary to be done at the time. The elders are to receive their licenses from other elders, by vote of the church to which they belong, or from the conferences. Each priest, teacher, or deacon who is ordained by a priest may take a certificate from him at the time, which certificate, when presented to an elder, shall entitle him to a license which shall authorize him to perform the duties of his calling, or he may receive it from a conference. No person is to be ordained to any office in this church where there is a regularly organized branch of the same without the vote of the church. But the presiding elders, traveling bishops, high counselors, high priests, and elders may have the privilege of ordaining, where there is no branch of the church that a vote may be called. Every president of the high priesthood or presiding elder, bishop, high counselor, and high priest is to be ordained by the direction of a high council or general conference. Next, section 41, verses 9 through 12. And again I have called my servant Edward Partridge, and I give a commandment that he should be appointed by the voice of the church and ordained a bishop unto the church to leave his merchandise and spend all his time in the labors of the church, to see to all things as it shall be appointed unto him in my laws in the day that I shall give them, and this because his heart is pure before me, for he is like unto Nathanael of old, in whom there is no guile. These words are given unto you, and they are pure before me. Wherefore, beware how you hold them, for they are to be answered upon your souls in the day of judgment. Even so, amen. Section 90, verses 1 through 6. Thus saith the Lord, Verily, verily, I say unto you, my son, Thy sins are forgiven thee, For thy prayers and the prayers of thy brethren Have come up unto my ears. Therefore thou art blessed from henceforth That bear the keys of the kingdom given unto you, Which kingdom? is coming forth for the last time. Verily I say unto you, the keys of this kingdom shall never be taken from you while thou art in the world, neither in the world to come. Nevertheless, through you shall the oracles be given to another, 
yea, even unto the church. And all they who receive the oracles of God, let them beware how they hold them, lest they are accounted as a light thing, and are brought under condemnation thereby, and stumble and fall when the storms descend, and the winds blow, and the rains descend, and beat upon their house. And again, Verily I say unto thy brethren Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams, Their sins are forgiven them also, and they are accounted as equal with thee in holding the keys of this last kingdom. Section 102, verses 1 and 2. This day a general council of twenty-four high priests assembled at the house of Joseph Smith, Jr. by revelation and proceeded to organize the high council of the Church of Christ, which was to consist of twelve high priests and one or three presidents, as the case might require. The High Council was appointed by revelation for the purpose of settling important difficulties which might arise in the Church, which could not be settled by the Church or the Bishop's Council to the satisfaction of the parties. Section 107, verses 21 through 25. Of necessity, there are presidents or presiding officers growing out of or appointed of or from among those who are ordained to the several offices in these two priesthoods. Of the Melchizedek priesthood, three presiding high priests chosen by the body, appointed and ordained to that office, and upheld by the confidence, faith, and prayer of the Church, form a quorum of the presidency of the church. The twelve traveling counselors are called to be the twelve apostles or special witnesses of the name of Christ in all the world, thus differing from other officers in the church in the duties of their calling. And they form a quorum equal in authority and power to the three presidents previously mentioned. The seventy are also called to preach the gospel and to be a special witnesses unto the Gentiles in all the world, thus differing from other officers in the church in the duties of their calling. That concludes the scripture chain for this episode and also concludes the reading assignment. Although we are leaving out section 107 consisting of 100 verses, I am going to post a hot link to these verses published by the church. Thanks again for listening to LDS Gospel Podcast. If you've listened thus far, please consider making a small donation of as little as $1 a month your continued support is greatly appreciated. Thank you. This has been Kirk Strickland.